Christian Philosophy, episode 58. Yeah. My name is Pocholo Cruz. That's Scott Hey, Scott, nice t-shirt you're wearing there, by the way. plug real quick. What's that? Pick up your Pan Christian Philosophy t-shirt. I don't know the cost, because I yeah. just got this one right now. I actually didn't even know this. I don't even think I knew this existed. Bro. I, I told but, you, you weeks know. ago, but it's okay. But yeah, you know, you know me. But yeah. yeah. Excited. Yeah. Excited well, we're excited today. about the shirts. We're also excited about our guest here today. Mm-hmm. Who is? Um, Dimitri Johnson. I train AMC Paint Creation. I've been training these guys for about probably 14, 15 years. Yeah, it's, been, it's, been, a, a it's been a little bit. A long time. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Well, DJ, thanks for joining us. Of course. Of course. Taking the time. Yeah. So let's see. Let's open up with the first question. So, how did you get first involved in martial arts? I mean, after I got done wrestling in high school, uh, at the high school state, um, I didn't even do track. I did sports throughout my whole entire, um, you know, yeah. middle school, high school. Yeah, so let's start with, so what sports did you uh, first get into? I did... Uh, cross country. Yeah, I did cross country. But the first sport was uh, football, mm-hmm. basketball, cross country, track, wrestling. I did all the sports. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my... The one sport I loved the most was wrestling because it was one on one, right? Okay. Like when I play football, the guys be in the back smoking weed and. <laughs> Wait, what? Middle school or? Both. Where, what school did you go to again? Were you in Parkland? Uh, keep, yeah, uh, Parkland, Keith Middle School, and then high school was Washington High School. So we'll be smoking. Oh, of course, bro. They'll be smoking the guns in the back. And then we'll get down there and Coach Jefferson, like, get your ass run, run, run gassers now! And I'm like, well, I gotta run gassers. My black ass showed up on time. And here I am running gassers. And so after They're that, like, I'll, yeah, you can go ahead and run those gassers, DJ. Pretty, pretty much. <coughs> I love yeah. it. And we would spend the whole practice being punished for somebody else's action. That was a sport I played in high school, though, was I smoked as much weed as possible. <laughs> and, I got, and, I got, and I got really good at it and then skipping class. Nice. I was did that increase your lung capacity? No. But you know what? I, d- I did great. And the- we had a wrestling coach who had no neck. His name was uh, Mr. Ellis. Oh, wow. And I used to mess around with the wrestlers and just talk shit. I'd be like, I'll oh, slap all you guys up. And then I would wrestle with some of them and do okay. And Ellis would walk up to me like this. Yeah. He'd be like, McDonald, when are you going to suit up? I was like, I ain't never suiting up, Ellis. I was like, you're not going to make me wear that goddamn singlet. <laughs> That's always funny. That's how all wrestling coach uh, recruit people is mm-hmm. that you mess with them, like, oh, you wrestle suck. Then it goes, well, why don't you come out here and try? Let's, why don't you figure it out? And exactly. I think it's a great way to recruit. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how I got recruited. And uh, and I love wrestling, and that's what kind of propelled me to, uh, you know, after I got done with uh, my wrestling career, mm-hmm. I didn't want to do track. I was like, there's nothing left. Nobody goes <laughs> nobody goes and makes money off the track after high school. So. Very few. Very few. Then that's when, after I got done, I saw the Ultimate Fighter. I saw Rashad Evans working out, and it wasn't the competition between each other. Okay. It was more just them working out and being able mm-hmm. to defend themselves. And then went to a gym, started punching the bag, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. And at that, when you say you went to a gym, you went to Vision Quest. Yep. Can you describe gym. Vision Quest? Vision Quest was basically <laughs> a gym that was run by Brad Shorts, and he had a vision from the movie, wrestle, the wrestling movie Vision Quest. Wasn't a big fan of it, by the way. Yeah. Um, it, it gets like cult status, but I think it's just because there's no other wrestling movies. Exactly, you know? right? How many wrestling movies are there? And there's actually, I think it's the only one, to be honest with you. Actually, there's Foxcatcher. There's Foxcatcher, Fox but, Fox but that didn't wild, come until, until yeah. a long time. Yeah. And, uh, there's like so many boxing movies, but there's like, <laughs> one wrestling movie. Mm-hmm. It's like Vision Quest, Foxcatcher. And shoots oh, yeah. walking up the stadium steps with the lawn. Yeah, exactly. You're going to make weight? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to make weight, shoot. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so oh, that gym was kind of predicated off. That's where Nate came from. But it was a gym, basically. You had boxing ring, wrestling ring, 
We have ring, wrestling ring, wrestling, uh, wrestling mats. mats. Okay. Uh, and they like, had classes there. Like two bags. Two bags. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a whole weight system. And then they had a uh, basically a aerobics court as well. Okay. Um, and I went there and I just signed up and started taking classes. And the coaches were Steve Skid and uh, Luke Pittman. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did you just start with just like... Just, just trying to work out, or just, just work out. I just took the, out. I took yeah. the classes Monday and Thursday. Uh, Luke and Steve would uh, teach, and one thing led another. You know, I would do you know basic boxing, basic jujitsu, and then basic kickboxing, Muay Thai, and then I would just keep going to class every day. I'm not every day. Uh, Monday to Thursday, and I was working full time at Journeys shoe store and Red Lobster, and also going to school full time as well. To get oh damn, that's a, that's a lot of stuff on your plate. Yep, yep, yeah. <clears throat> okay, and then. So then how did, so how did that start changing then from you just, you know, working out until like, so what made you like want to compete? Yeah. So it reminded me kind of high school, right? Okay. Um, I, I kept on going and then Steve was like, Hey, we have uh, amateur competitions going on. Do you want to compete? And I said, sure. Why not? And I think I was training five, five to six months into AMC pay creation. It was the salary school off state vision request. And then uh, I, I was like, okay, sure, sure, sounds good. And had my first fight and won that. And it was good. And I was like, sweet, I'm going back to work. And you let me know the next one is. And I did another one, another one, another one. And just kept on doing them. And then eventually it got to a point where Matt was like, uh, you know, we'll go up to Axe, Edmonds, where you, you're competing now. Yeah. And the rest yeah. of the guys at AMC, Scott competed up there. You competed at Edmonds? Uh, Actually, no. I, I competed at Brian Johnson's competed. promotions, and then when Genesis was around, that's, that's what you did. I had my belt at Brian Johnson's, and then Genesis. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I competed a couple times at Brian Johnson. Most of my time was spent up in Edmonds with Charlie's mm-hmm. uh, C three, um, his promotion, and then eventually, you know, there's that progression of the evolution where Matt's like, all right, you know, it's time for you to go pro. You know, I had a Muay Thai fight uh, competing against Scott. He broke my <laughs> rib, uh, and then ended up fighting. Um, uh, Lupe Hudgens broke my hand there. And then after I broke my hand, I had surgery. And Matt was like, okay, you can do one more. Then we're going to turn you, you know, I think it'd be time for you to go pro. Because one, we can't find you fights. And two, you're starting to break your body when you're fighting. Yeah. And he goes, you know, at least you can get paid and have insurance. And so, and then that's when I went, you know, kind of pro. That was like kind of like the evolution of it. Okay. Did you have something to say, Scott? Yeah, I think in between you fought that dude, Jose Garza. Because that's when I came up. Was that the guy with the long... Uh, no, that was Eddie, or what was his name? Alvarez. And you beat the shit out of that guy. Jose Garza, that sounds familiar. Yeah, Jose, Possibly. Jose Garza. I remember because that's after our fight. Uh-huh. My cousin, Noah, who oh, you raced in cross-country. To... Yeah, 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 yeah. DJ raced him in cross-country. Came up to my job and was like, DJ's fighting. You need. You should go up and, and watch And this was it. after you fought him? Yeah. And then I came in the back and yeah. we talked. Oh, that's right. That was that axe. And yeah, you came out yeah. and just... Yeah. Pe- Hit him with some, like, what a is fire. three piece and a soda, and then took him down and just snatched his arm. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm training with this dude." Yeah. I was like, "I'm surrendering." Yeah, man. <laughs> um, and then the I wanted to just tell the uh, viewers if they want to see his DJ's first fight, it's on a AMC Pacific highlight. You just search it in YouTube AMC Pacific 2.1. It's right at the beginning there, and you cross face him and punch him a bunch of times. So. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, <laughs> check it out. His first amateur fight. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> Uh, okay, so how was the, I guess so. How was that transition then from amateur to professional? Like, was it? I mean, it was. It definitely was uh, tough, but at the same time, I, I I would say the reason I was toughest because I was working full time. Right? Okay. I was working a full time, forty hour week job, and I always you know push that on everybody who who trains, right? Because 
I mean, in mixed martial arts, it's literally a window of opportunity where... Real small. Real small, right? Yeah. And you have injuries. Yeah. Um, and it costs money to have an overhead and pay bills on yeah. stuff. And me and Matt were always... I always laugh. I think back, Matt's like, you need to quit your job. I was like, Matt, I ain't quitting I ain't quitting a damn thing. I was like, <laughs> so you can guarantee me check for $400 every damn week. I ain't doing nothing. He goes, I don't know why you just keep on working. Just train. You're, you're, you're going to be fine. I was like, nope, 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 nope. So that was the hardest thing yeah. is, is, is balancing the work yeah. and the full-time career to where, you know, my bot, uh, you know, Matt will call me. I'll be at that warehouse working. Mm-hmm. And then Matt will like, hey, we got a fight offer, you know. You think you get the you, you get the weekend off? I was like, I gotta go ask my boss, right? To yeah. where you think about any anybody else who's a professional athlete in this sport of mixed martial arts, they're like, hell yeah, I quit my job today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I was like, no, I'm gonna go ask my boss. My boss was like, I'll see if I can work. And then that was probably the hardest transition. Other than that, like the competition wise, like you know, no shin pads, no knee pads, elbows, knees to the head. Too risky. It, it was it was pretty easy a uh, transition over okay. to the pro, but. I think it's great that the amateurs nowadays have knee pads, shin pads, no elbows, no knees to the head, mm-hmm. just because, like you know, Scott said, it is risky. You're you're risking a lot, especially yeah. when you're not getting paid. I wanted that. I wanted to hop in the philosophy side real quick because you just talked about how you worked like a labor-based job and trained, and um, what I, I remember a long time ago, you told me about a time you were with Destiny's dad, yep. and you were like. We're going to work with him and yep. he was doing the same thing over and over and over and you were just like you had this moment of consciousness where you're like how the fuck does someone do this and he just looked at you and he said life is monotonous yep. and what that was something big for you like what did you take away from that because i remember when you told me that story because we were mm. we would go back and forth about work and school and i'd be like dude i'm just getting burnt out from training and you're like it's just yep. you got to keep going. Yep. I mean, that, that my father-in-law he owns a gutter business, and okay. uh, at a time when I was working construction, when we when I was working construction, we would work with uh, mud, make buildings with brick. But in the wintertime, you can't do that because the mud can't set because it's too cold. Okay. And so I had a job with uh, I started working for my father-in-law. Um, I would hang gutters, and every day we'll pull up the same house and pull this thing out, <laughs> measure the you know roof, roof and get the measurements for the gutter and I go fuck Al you do this every day <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he goes every fucking day he goes, life is monotonous DJ and he goes what it, how you make things different is you work every day you make your money and then you take the money you do what you want to do with it and he goes obviously you know I've been doing this I'm my own boss do whatever I want and ever since I heard that um, to give a little more context before I was before I worked at the construction I worked at a place called Carestar and that's basically a Carousel is basically a recycling plant. It's recycling a, plant. Okay. We make you know your toilet paper like this thing right here, yeah. like this this brown roll right here. Yeah. I made these. Got it. Like that. So from like recycled materials. Recycled paper. We'll take the paper and then we'll yeah. run it through a machine, put glue on it, yeah. and uh, <laughs> not the actual white paper, but the brown. Let's paper. talk about yeah the tube the tube inside. Here, yeah. That's that's what I used to make. So. Okay. I was there, and I was there with this guy, and I was like, he was, yeah, I've been here for 15 years. I was like, oh, I was, I was like, damn, you must be making yeah. bank. And he goes, look at 1225. I said, what the fuck? I was like, and I quit the job. I was like, I quit the job. I put my two weeks in. Yeah. And then I went and worked uh, hard labor construction. Okay. And at the time, I was making like 14 bucks, 15 bucks an hour, which is pretty good back in 2012. Where minimum wage was at, so I was working that. But the thing I hate about the job is that I'll be up in Medina working, and I get off at three o'clock. 
by the time I got back to the yard to get to my car and get to Vision Quest, it was already six o'clock. Yeah. And so you. class started at five, so I was already missing class. Yeah. And then the winter time came, I went and worked with Alan, and then that's when Alan's like EFD every fucking day. You know, me and Joel, James, I always say that there every day, every fucking day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's when I was like, you know what? Alan told me that he says, it's about finding things you want to do in life that you love. And I was like, you know what? I love the train. That's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I quit my great paying job of construction because in construction, you can keep on growing up. You know, we had guys working on construction, making 30 bucks an hour, yeah. you know, just building, building buildings. So I quit my job, that job, and I went back to uh, the 1076 an hour oh, care star because yeah. the schedule was seven to three. And so, so you could attend training. From I could attend yeah. training. I can okay. do my conditioning before class and then start class at five. It would be five to seven. And that's what I did every day. I wake up, get to the warehouse at seven o'clock in the morning, work from seven to three, no break. You get two 15-minute breaks, mm-hmm. and then go to the gym, work out from 5 to 7, go home, sleep, do it all again. That was, that was like, my life for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, you know, that, that resonated with me. And that's how it is even today. I mean, I wake up every single day, I go downstairs, start making breakfast, cook my two eggs, my two chicken maple sausage, get my lactose-free chocolate milk, get my glutamine in it. Boys come downstairs, make them breakfast. Get them off, go off, do the same thing. So life is monotonous, but it's about you know creating memories with your family, your friends, yeah. and traveling the world and do whatever you want to do. Like so, while it's yeah. both that routine, you still find that time to enjoy yourself. Oh, one hundred percent. Might get a chance to play video games or hang out with the wife or the kids or whatever it is. <laughs> you could just say something about video games. I want to finish on what you. Yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff on video because <laughs> that's what, part this of your guy personal about philosophy. Video games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I have a whole bunch of stories yeah, that okay. I want him to respond to. But um, you. I, I wish you would have been appreciated more in the UFC for that like working class mentality that you have because there's tons of Americans and people across the world who get up, yeah. they go to work, they take care of themselves and they struggle and there's a lot of philosophers that talk about what happens when we actually confront monotony and some people confront it yep. and they can't get over it yeah, yeah. or it's just like what do I do, where's meaning because there's nothing out here in the universe that just comes out and says this is what your meaning is. Yeah. It's actually really silent, you know, and yeah. a philosopher... <laughs> Albert Camus talks about that. What do you do in light of the... And Potrello knows about him, the absurdity. Mm-hmm. And I think you had a perfect response to that. It's like, okay, I know it's monotonous. Mm-hmm. I know parts of it suck. But if I do this, then I can find bits of freedom. Yep. And most people get up and do that. And they're yep. just yeah. trying to get free. And they're trying to overcome struggle. And I wish I would have been more a part of your legacy. Because, you know, you have these, like, what do you call eccentric athletes in the UFC now... And most of us can't fucking relate to those guys. Mm-hmm. Most of us can relate to someone like you who's just doing the day-in, day-out grind. Um, and, and you would think in, in America, in reality, that that would translate over to more Americans. But in my philosophy, yeah. and, and my thing... The majority like, of people are working class. The majority of people are working class. And that's, yeah. and that's what I, you know... Pretty, and I uh, pride myself off is that I was a working class athlete. You know, I wasn't a guy who was like, this is my dream. You know, I didn't have a dream to be a professional athlete. That's the biggest thing that I think got me so far, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just went to the gym and started training and learned how to fight. And because at the time, in reality, there was no 125, 135. You know, I didn't know anything about Japan or Shuto. And so it, there was no end game goal for me. It was basically like, oh, this is something I could do outside of working every nine to five to give me some extracurricular activity. But I think the reason why I didn't resonate well in North America is because how can you solve that story? No one don't want that story. No one does no, nobody out there doesn't wanna, 
hear a man who grinds nine to five and goes to the gym and does this and goes home. And that sounds boring as fuck to them. They want, they want, uh, they want the they drama. Like, they want drama. They want conflict, right? Like you look at this, and it's the true reality. Like I remember there was a story that was written up, and it was Akon, yeah. Great, great, great 90s. Great music, right? Yeah. I remember there was a story that he went to Africa and he provided so many villages with clean water, water electricity. electricity. Big time. Big time. Huge story. And I was like, that's awesome. You know what took president over that? Tell me. Some, some... I think it was one of Kardashians. I was just about to say that. Did something. Kylie has a new jacket. Yeah, something like that. Took way (laughs) more present over there, right? And then that's right there. That's what people want to see. And that's that's totally fine. But for me, that's why I think how America is, is that they want to resonate more with drama, what's going to fulfill their life, what's going to entertain them. They're not entertained by somebody who works nine to five, who's trying, who didn't have a dream of a professional athlete. That's just how I see it. And so for me... You know, even when I do like my vlogs and all stuff, and you know, I'm trying to find content to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys don't understand. This is my life. This is what I choose to do. I'm not gonna, you know, make funny YouTube videos just so you can fucking laugh. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna do that. Like, that's not. If I wasn't gonna do YouTube videos to make you laugh, then why would I do it just to get you to watch me? You know what I mean? So, right. And yeah. that's the that's the thing when people ask me about you and they're like, oh, what? How's DJ? I'm like, he's had the same. He's the same dude yeah. to me. You are. You have had the same message. You've had the same mentality. Mm-hmm. You've reaped the fruits of your labor for mm-hmm. sure, and that's changed a little bit of things. But the message has been so consistent. You like you push the boulder up the hill. Yep. It comes back down. You look at it, and you're like, "Well, got to do it again." Is that well? And, and you're not you're not frustrated with that. You embrace it. Yep. And uh, I think most people should look at that because I mean, a ton of us get burnt out. And like, you even talked to me early about like working too hard. Like mm-hmm. there's a way to work smart <clears throat> and then there's a way to work too hard and go do too much. Yep. And that's in our culture too yep. though. Work yourself to death. Chase this American dream. Do this. <laughs> oh, you're six. Race. You yeah. keep the rat race. And yeah. I think you've really balanced your your life yeah. um, in, in a way. And I, you know, could I want to talk about the comic book stuff, but could you... Um, I, I think what you just said right there was a, a great analogy. Like the boulder comes up, that boulder could be responsibility, it could be day to day life, it could be grinding, it could be gym, it could be diet, it could be whatever you want. And you push it up the hill, and, you, and when you push it up the hill, you succeeded for that day. And guess what? When your ass take a sleep, that gravity will pull that motherfucker right back down. You wake up like you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right back down and push right back up yeah. the hill, right? And so I think that's a great analogy that you hit on the pin. And I think that's 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 life. That's just you know how it is every day that grind to grind i mean today I came in and did my work came over here had you know my diet food and now i've been at this podcast and sharing a great time building memories with you guys yeah and and this is something different this is something out of the ordinary right mm-hmm. you know typically i'll go back to the gym and sit there relax and play my video games and, and get ready for the next training session mm-hmm. but i think for people they got to find something find your passion and do that and then if you can, if you're so good at your passion, if you can ever monetize it, then that's fantastic. Yeah. At the same time, don't get so locked on a dream to where you can never, you know, push away your responsibilities, your bills, get behind on all that stuff just to chase a dream. You know, you have to grind and be able to make um, enough money to be able to continue your passion survive. and survive. And survive, yeah. yeah. And that, and that's the thing that people don't want to hear. And, yeah. and I get, you know, motivation from... Yeah, uh, it's not as endearing, for sure. Like, exactly, right? Yeah. Well, because I think that, I mean, that 
notion of slow progress or progress that you need to keep consistent mm-hmm. it's like everyone's kind of enamored with that get rich quick yeah. get money now kind of thing it's just or that instant gratification yep you know from there and i think that's something that's really lost especially i mean it's easy to say but on this like current generation that's like coming up because it's people are so used to getting things like now now yep. now 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 when in reality you know reality to get anything great you have to spend a lot of time like yeah. do yeah. anything there's no there is no easy path yeah. to success no and and i i want to respond to that too because i think there's a i have sympathy for the younger generation simply because it's it's a it's a difficult time to try to carve out that existence now there's yeah. always been difficult times but it's a really sort of it, it's a different kind uh, of particular per, difficulty precarious kind of time, time now yeah and I also think that what's happening is everyone else's life is broadcasted around us more than ever before. Yeah. Social All media. The information you can literally there. follow yeah. someone you admire yeah. from when they wake up in the morning to when they take a shit to when they yep. doing this and that. And yeah. often that causes, I think, great like mass insecurity. Yeah. Because you're being told your definition of success is being pro- projected towards you. Yeah. And then it's really hard for you to realize, okay, I have a lot of control over how I want to exist. Oh, oh, over your own life. Yeah. There's, there's certainly constraints how I grow up. Mm-hmm. Like, what neighborhood do I grow up in? Is my family poor? Mm-hmm. But even within that, you can slightly transcend it, you know? Yeah. If you make that right choice. And you've talked about that a lot. Yeah, I well. think I think when you guys talk about, like, how you said in society today for the millennials, like, mm-hmm. Ender's age or mm-hmm. not, right? 16, 14, whatever. Producer Young Ender over there. Yeah, Producer yeah. Young Ender there. Yeah. Think about if there was no social media. When you were saying that you can follow someone from when they wake up in the morning and take a shit until they do whatever they do, right? Mm-hmm. That's only because that person is opening the doors for that person to see what's inside their life. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a, a controlled window. It, it's a controlled window that they're opening the window up and then birds and the bees and everybody's going to fly in there and just fuck yeah. this shit up. Like, wait, you fat, you whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but imagine, like, some of the, one of the things I try to do is when I'm not getting ready, when I'm not training for the day, I literally don't even jump on social media. I don't jump on my phone. I might do a little bit here and there, but I don't even touch it. I won't even look at social media, who's doing what or what's going on. And it's incredible, like, how damn good I feel to where I'm like, I don't give a fuck's going on outside the world. Like, I don't even need what's going on. I don't need to know what's going on what's in this house, right? And that's one of the things that I try to do is when I am, like, between my training sessions, I do play video games. Phone calls, nothing. I mean, it, I, nothing matters to me. Just you, focusing. I'm just yeah. focused and I don't worry about anything else. And, and to elaborate on, I say you're worried about the younger generation and how they're going to live in society as I get older and, you know, I went to college, right, and finished college, I sit here and be like, okay, what is successful? How does somebody become successful, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Ender's dad, he worked at Microsoft. And for me, I was like, holy shit, you worked at Microsoft. I could never work at Microsoft. And mm-hmm. then I look at different people like investors and how they get there. And they're like, I didn't, you know, people tell you, don't don't get in debt. Don't do this. Don't do blah, 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 blah. And then I have one guy that I kind of look up to. He's not inspiring, but I see him be successful. He's, his name's yeah. uh, Grant Car- Cardone, mm-hmm. and he's a you know, multi-billion dollar hedge fund manager or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, in society, when I was 25, they said, do not take debt. Don't do this. Go to school. Borrow money. Do blah, 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 blah. But that's getting in debt. That's getting yeah. in debt, right? Yeah. And he goes... 
That's nonsense. You want to be in debt. You want to get in debt because you can use that debt to build wealth and make sure when you get that debt, you can leverage it on things that are going to make you money. And then when you make the money, you pay the debt off, then you get those. Just hearing different philosophy of how he goes yeah. about it, I'm just like, I didn't learn that. It's, it's, it's a completely different viewpoint. It's, from what it's you a completely d- different viewpoint, right? Of like how once you become 18, how do you move on in life? Do you go get a job, right? Like, in my sport, like yeah. when I was 18, I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to college because that's what I'm supposed to do. Don't the fuck I'm gonna yeah, do? Yeah, because that's the pathway that was presented to you. Like, okay, what do I do? What do I, I do? High school life, right? That's yeah. that's the thing I am worried about with our society, right? Like, even for my children, it's like, yeah, time just turned 60, and I'm like, all right. Ooh, we got 14 more years. I think my math's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Math's right. 14 but, uh, more years, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck's he If you're on? nice. It, four. It, four. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, you're right. Your yeah, 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 yeah. No, she'll be 20 years old. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like your math. 12 more years. Yeah, 12, yeah, 12 more, more years. years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm worried. And, I, and he's yeah. not even... He, I'm worried. I'm like, what is he going to do? Because as I, I've become successful off of my hard work through mixed martial arts mm-hmm. and finding other ways to monetize my life and my like my uh, my likeness and mm-hmm. my brand but will my son and my children be able to do that or will end to be able to do that or wh- whatever that's the thing I worry about society because in school nowadays they don't teach that they right. don't teach like okay hey, this is how you when you get your first job when you're 18 years old if your company has a 401k and matching clause you fucking dip into that because yeah. they're giving you free money mm-hmm. if you and people nowadays they don't start putting money in their 401k until you're like 45 years old guess what dick it's too late you, you already missed the boat that's mm-hmm. the stuff that you know I hope our younger generation gets tied and that's what I put on my children so mm-hmm. that's what I want to say about like when you're talking about, you know, you're feel sorry for the young, the generation nowadays. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. With you. I do feel sorry because they're not gonna learn that day to day grind, that workmanship. Because not everything's predicated off of social media. Like, oh hey hey, look at me. That guy's yeah. so fat. Like, you know what I mean? And, yeah. yeah. And that's just the way society is. Yeah, and it's uh, there's they're inheriting a lot. Like, yeah, just even issues with our environment and our planet right now are really, 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 really concerning. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the younger generation is inheriting that, and they're also coming into an economy that is is subject to, like, high, 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 highs. That's mm-hmm. what investors, the smart investors talk about riding that wave of yep. investment and return yep. and return. And then when they can sense that a stock is going to be volatile, mm-hmm. they're out. Yep. But then that what happens is then all of us, we share the burden yeah. the taxpayers and I'm really concerned about like those things happening where then jobs like we have depre- like a different level of depression in the economy mm-hmm. and education is the first step too and like I'm I work in a middle school mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there and I'm like okay we're learning about algebra I get that it builds critical thinking reading builds mm-hmm. critical thinking but there should be a different class that's like okay you guys are especially for eighth graders you're getting ready to go into high school and let's talk about managing your affairs let's talk about bills and let's talk about credit and all these things because that credit's a game too yeah and the people that benefit off your debt don't want you to know really how to handle it and then so yeah i mean there's a there's a lot there and hopefully we'll get there you know it's like being social stewards Mm -hmm. taking care of your environment like realizing you have a responsibility to your family but also the world you're a part of 
and then also realizing like you can really take care of what you have even if it's a little yep you know and don't, and i want to i wish i could teach an ethics class how to deal with a shitty boss oh yeah no like, seriously how to deal with a oh, volatile employer oh yeah what yeah. are your rights as an employee what yeah. are unions mm-hmm. what are ways to speak up and ask for a raise yep, yep. when when to know like when a company's you know all those things could help it's just under- just like in uh what was it arkansas on prime day the motherfuckers walked out of Amazon Prime. Like, and first thing I saw that, I was like, you sons of bitches, get your ass back in here. <laughs> because you signed the contract, right? And that's, and I mean, we can go so many different ways, ways yeah. on, on this whole, you know, system. You know, when people talk about, oh, the economy right now, I think the economy is thriving. Even when the economy crashed back in 2008, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I was out of high school, I was working a nine to five job. I didn't feel any effects from it. I, I yeah, did it, you know, yeah. I mean, if, I, I mean, we asked Sanders that. Did you feel any effects in 2008 when you worked there? Oh, uh, we we were able to buy a short sale house. Boom! So you, <laughs> so, so you actually paid for it, right? So we couldn't afford the house we live in now. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's increased in so much value. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think there's both sides to you know the economy itself. I think there's people, but I, the viewpoint is it's a it's viewpoint like different. How, right? how you look at that situation? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like there. if you look at yeah. people who are actually able to benefit off the crash, yeah. fantastic. I, I was able to benefit off the crash mm-hmm. when I bought my first house in 2000, and I think. Thirteen or twelve, because okay. the house only had sixty thousand okay. dollars. I'm sure back in two thousand, like what seven or two thousand six, she was probably two fit two hundred two hundred seventy five thousand. Who mm-hmm. knows? Mm-hmm. But you know, certain ways you can go about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so speaking about you know viewpoint and stuff like that, I think that's important in terms of like content creation, like yep. you're talking about one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I think um, you talked about it on how when you're developing it like your vlogs or when you're streaming you're yep. staying true to yourself because I mean that's really all you can do because if you play you know if you play a character that's only that can only last for so long like it's just a facade that you're playing on there 100% I mean I, I guess you could say the person I can relate it to most is Dr. Disrespect um, his, his original name is Guy Bean but everybody knows him as Dr. Disrespect and he he creates content on Twitch and YouTube mm-hmm. he started on YouTube but he makes millions and millions of dollars and every single time he's on Twitch, he he's always Doctor's Respect, mm-hmm. and he loves it. He gets a passion from it, and mm-hmm. it's absolutely amazing. I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah. But for me, I can't do that. Like I can't. I don't have the capacity to do it. I don't want to do it. I can imagine it could be draining. It's like it, one yes, hundred like percent draining. One hundred percent draining. That's yeah. why I don't stream as much anymore. Like I used to stream. I will go to the gym every day. Come home from the gym. Give that any kiss. Go wash my ass. <laughs> eat, eat dinner, go downstairs and stream for two, two, three, two to three hours every night and go train yeah. just because I wanted to create content. I wanted to make money from streaming. Now, yeah. I took a step back and I'm like, I wanted to stream to interact with my fans on a different platform, yeah. not yeah. to make money, yeah. right? And so I, I've taken a step back from that. But when it comes to creating content, creating content for people to watch. Yeah. And what's the market like? For that though, for Twitch, yeah, is it like I like mean, when you from beginner to like moderate uh, to yeah. like there's a lot of factors. I feel like yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like I know a whole bunch of YouTube sensations too from working at the middle school. I was yeah. never exposed to like because yeah, you're opposed to youth culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Guys yeah. And, uh, yeah. What, what is the T series? I mean, they, they have these kids' minds like locked. Yeah. Like there's kids walking down the hallway like PewDiePie is better than T series. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, what the. And I had this one of my students because they have issues. Was walking around with a giant sign that said "Subscribe to PewDiePie." And I'm like, bro, you gotta go to class. He's like, "Subscribe." And I'm just like, it's intense, and I know he has millions of it's followers, a kind of, and so it's, like, 
it's a whole different kind of media outlet than what yeah. was available. You know, when we were in like middle school, oh, it's like yeah, it's yeah. so it's so di- it's like. I think I well, when YouTube first got started, the only thing I yeah. looked up on there was Kimbo Slice fight. I was like, "This guy ain't feel me." He's like, "Come on, let's run it." Yeah, and I yeah. saw Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 exactly. No, but it's such it's it's interesting because the the way me sing about okay, when we grew up, we saw like what like Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Like, and that that was it. That was all, but it's all derived by like huge companies that mm-hmm. make cartoons. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now it's you know kids these days they're like. I mean, a lot of content creators. I mean, it's not solely them, but they're the face of, of their of their own brand. Yeah, and that's like so different than from what it was like. What 10, and that's like empowering too. Yeah, because like I think about like WikiLeaks and that whole thing, <laughs> yeah. or like just how much information yeah. we're exposed to. And you Which talked about impossible twenty years ago. You talked about the economy, like yeah. in our economic structure. There's negative things, really extreme <laughs> negative things, and then there's also opportunities. Yeah. that you can seize upon and it's the same thing with mass information right mm-hmm. like dj mm-hmm. just said he can reach out to his fans but then we also can look up a whole bunch of things and so you can be overwhelmed with that but i also think we have another platform for critique yeah we're equalizing like i talked about in one of my classes at UW, like the power platform yeah like mass protests were organized via social media mm-hmm. like the arab spring oh yeah the affected change like around around because the world. now you're in contact yeah. with so many people i mean obviously you have to watch out for what you post on there and you have to be really careful but i, I remember like i heard a lot of people just criticize it oh Yes, there's the the infatuation with the celebrities and all that, but it's also just like a tool. It's like a hammer can be used to hit somebody yeah. in the head, mm-hmm. and it, or it can also be used to build. And Definitely, it's like, it's that's what you, I appreciate about it's how it. you use the tool, or is the tool using you? you exactly. Know, I, I, in that sequence is understanding, you know, what what is it used for? And you yeah. just said all you, you what you wanted to do is you you enjoyed gaming. You yep. always have enjoyed gaming. Yep. And you wanted to reach out to those fans that also enjoyed it, and then it was cool because. You're a total badass, one of the best fighters in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And then here you are doing Twitch and being a goofball and laughing. And, yep. like, that's really cool. Like, could you talk more about yeah, the I, passion I, for that? Yeah, and to elaborate on that, how you said, like, you know, back when we were kids in 95, I would assume. Yeah. We didn't have, you know, YouTube. I mean, YouTube was probably around, but we probably, we had internet, AOL, 56K dial-up. <laughs> AOL Messenger yeah. in some really weird yeah. moments. Yeah. You want to go, go private? Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah. I got some weird yeah. stories about yeah. okay. Messenger. Let's save that for something. But then, you know, uh, but that's Everyone the first thing we, yeah. we, we were exposed to. Yeah. But now, like you said, the outlet we have for YouTube and the content creation, and like I said, it, we can use it either for... Uh, a negative thing to destroy yeah. somebody's life and be absolutely horrible to somebody in dick. social media or be a dick yeah. or we can use it to build a beautiful brand and, and create content and I yeah. think when it comes to the marketplace you guys asked about the marketplace for YouTube and Twitch the, the marketplace in the beginning of Twitch is you know when I first started it was literally solely to, to interact with my fans on a different platform I got exposed to Twitch when I mean is that Cody right there? Oh, yeah that's okay. Cody. I mean that's why I met Cody you guys yeah. roommate I met Cody through Twitch <laughs> Dude, just coming from the camera. Yeah. yeah, I just heard weird stories, and I wanted to come sit down and listen. What yeah. just got the top by AOL? Say that for another. Uh, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I met, I started streaming on Twitch, and I just want to interact with my fans on a different platform. And then yeah. eventually, I started to be able to monetize it because yeah. once I started streaming on Twitch, I'm like, hey, we want to give you a subscription button, and when yeah. you subscribe to the channel, it's like five bucks, and the streamer content creator gets like a percentage of that. Okay. And so I started doing that, and I started making money, and I was like, holy shit, I'm gonna make. 
my goal is to make as much money as if I would yeah. if I was working a 40 hour week job when yeah, I was yeah. working at 1076 an hour because you find that opportunity for a, rev, a revenue, revenue stream revenue stream there. and then I yeah. did I was, I was like holy shit man I'm making like yeah. way more money than I was when I was working full time but then yeah. the countless hours I was grinding every yeah. single day that, that's true because it's not like a regular nine to five where you know hours put in equals <laughs> exactly like some sometimes I mean it's a it's a it's like a disproportionate kind of ratio so I'm like, from yes. there depending on that yeah right you don't need to disclose yeah. what you no, make, no, no, but, no, 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 no no but let's just say but on the better things, end let's yeah. say what's the average 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 amount you could make it or what it all depends I mean one year I did a, a thing where I went out and worked it's with not Ubisoft stable. That's a thing. it's not stable yeah. it's not stable yeah. 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 no 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 it's not yeah, it's, it's not it's just how it is yeah it's how yeah. Um, I mean one year I, I, I did a, a gig for Ubisoft and it paid $20,000 and I went down there and I worked for four hours and I was it and then there's but that was one year and then that was also on top of the Twitch stuff revenue that was coming in but for me when I streamed on Twitch I was like I want to be able to give my fans and audience something different yeah right and so what i did is i said hey if you subscribe to the channel because when you subscribe to the channel like there's no there's nothing when you watch youtube you you i do my vlog or whatever right mm-hmm. i might not make a fucking a zero dollars from that oh, and, yeah. and i i edited my video it took me two and a half hours to edit that video I could have took that two and a half hours and played video games. I could have took that two and a half hours around my wife's feet. I could have took two and a half hours, went upstairs, and did whatever the hell I wanted to. But right. I took yeah. two and a half hours to edit this video that paid absolutely fucking nothing, right? <laughs> but, but to get to the point of this is that when you subscribe to somebody on Twitch, you know, you're paying that content creator, you know, five bucks. And... I feel guilty. So I want to be able to give them something that they would never be able to experience for in their life. Mm-hmm. And so I told people, and I said, hey, if you're subscribed to the channel, come out to the fight in Las Vegas. And after that, all you guys get VIP entrance. We're going to go to Top of Chateau. You guys drink vodka, Grey Goose, all on me. Don't worry <laughs> about a damn thing, right? I think 15 people showed up from the Twitch stream. I never met for my life. That's so cool, though. And they showed up. We went to the top of, you know... Chateau, we partied and they had a great time. And then they go home and they go back in the Twitch stream and they get in the community. And I wanted and I wanted to build a community that they sit there and they talk about it. And he goes, man, that was a badass party. And he goes, I I would never imagine my whole life that I'll be part of a community and be able to go to Twi- uh, not Twitch, uh, go to Vegas and be able to drink Grey Goose on top of Chateau. Well, well, you well, you gave them an experience. I gave them an experience. That's what I wanted to do with you. With me. Instead of like the the weird distance that a lot of people put between themselves and the fans. Yes. You know, and you made yourself accessible and that's just another, you made yourself accessible to the people and that's really cool. Yeah. And it was genuine. It wasn't like, hey, gotta get some marketing. You're like, I want to do this. Yeah. I choose to do this. Exactly. And it's that controlled window once again. Exactly. And even when people like, they'll come to the channel, we build this community, they'll be like, oh, you know, I can't subscribe, you know, time's going on. I was like, okay, that's fine. You don't worry about it. Like, I'm not here to collect money. I'm here to... Mm-hmm. You're not a tax collector. I'm, yeah, I'm not... I'm, 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 you better hate to subscribe to the channel or whatever. I'm like, yeah. subscribe to the channel if you yeah. want. If not, don't worry about it. Like, yeah. I'm still going to be here whether you're nice. not or not. So. Oh, wait, that reminds me. Yeah, another, I think another person that found your channel or your Twitch stream was was Irving, Irving. wasn't it? Wasn't Irving, 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 Irving Yeah, Irving, yeah. He yeah. came up and that's the thing. Like, Shout out to Juarez over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even when he came, like when we met him, when I met him, but when he came to the channel, he goes, "Man, I want, I want to come train." I was like, "Just come fucking train." He goes, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "Yeah, like mm-hmm. come up, pay the monthly fee like everybody else did, like I did when I first started training." Yeah, and you come train, and he did, and 
Great, great, guy, experience. great experience. Yeah. I have seen relationships, community, yeah. you know. So yeah, hope he comes yeah, he's, back. He's currently still there. Like, yeah. but yeah, yeah. But he's, he's going to school, doing all this stuff. Shout out El Yaguar, wherever well, you are. <laughs> I like how when you talk about social media and like you're doing like this admirable thing because a lot of people can get famous off stupid shit. Now. 100%. Like just, you know, Bonk Gang? You ever seen that? Oh, well, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What what the bonk Gang. Bonk Gang run out of the air. I have yeah, no idea this what guy is Bonk Gang. What is this? He's a... Oh gosh! I don't I know like if he's Leroy a rapper. Leroy Jenkins, another example. Leroy Jenkins. Oh, well, that was different. That was different. That was actually yeah, comical yeah. because he was playing. But, wow! So, but yeah. Bomb Gang was kind of like a just a idiot who had like yeah. tattoos all on his face, yeah, and what he would do is he just same rap- tattoos make shit. No, no he'd walk in the stores and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, like, this is a this is a good trip." Bomb Gang, and he'd run out of the store with it and but steal he, it and steal oh. it. But he just kept getting like views and views. In views, and that's the other thing is a lot of people like stupid shit, but like, like the Cash Me Outside but, girl. Yeah, but, but yeah, Cash Me Outside. Next thing you know, she's rapping and she's up there. Yeah, yeah. Catch yeah. Me Outside. How about that? And everyone's like, Catch Me Outside. How about no that? No talent whatsoever in the world. But let's re- rewind it to the very beginning of like in America. What do we what do we thrive off of? Mm-hmm. Bonk Gang and Cash Me Bonk Outside. That's Cash what me outside, which creates which creates drama between people. Because you imagine if I told and I'm like, hey, Catch Me Outside. Right now, everyone's like, oh, shit, they're going to go. Oh, I'm going to watch this, right? Bro, or remember Tyrone? Yeah. I'm Tyrone. Oh, Let me yeah. fuck your wife. Yeah. Long dick style. <laughs> like, yeah. And he was just running up on random people. In the street, and then he got a boxing fight. Yep. Against the, the what was the big dude's name? I'm, I got a bald head. He ended up boxing him. Oh, I forget his name is. Bro, or about Logan him. Paul. Yep. And all the, and it's just like, I sit back and I, I watch it's all him. all these like, trade wrecks. I'm like, what value? Are they adding? They're yeah. just adding sensationalism. But here's the thing, bro. People like sensationalism. I, it get, it like gets my brain. My value system is in the interaction. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 start to ju- you start to question your value system because, like, <laughs> this guy's making an ass of himself and he's making millions of dollars. Here I am working at fucking, you know, uh, <laughs> We're gonna, yeah. Mike, Michael's Craft Store trying to make a decent living. And Shout I'm out making, to Michael's Craft Store. <laughs> yeah, we know you guys store. bust your ass. Yeah. 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 Punk ain't gonna come in there. <laughs> <laughs> Michaels, Michaels, sponsor yeah. pancreas philosophy. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I totally get, you. I totally get where you're coming from when it comes to that, and that's just the side we live in, and yeah, there's something you can do about it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just crazy to me because like even a like you know the Logan Paul thing where he was in Japan. Yeah, he went to uh, and, yeah, yeah. Suicide Forest. Is that what yeah. you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, and then. The apology that he gave afterwards, it was almost like just too many things were manufactured. I like watch that apology and I like watch his face and I'm like, it's it's, it's this a business. Is viewership. It's, it's crazy. No, no, it's a business decision. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, okay, you can look at it like that, but then you can also, it's it's back again to the point on how the face of it is now a single person. I mean, that's happened to like that's what every corporation does. Yeah, uh, I have it all the time. Yeah, exactly. And it's a lot it's easier. Back, everything it's, becomes it's, a commodity no. form, and then it's an imitation of an imitation of an imitation. Exactly. And then someone who's just there's genuine. less there's less outrage though if it's like a faceless corporation in that sense. So well, like what I'm saying too is like yeah. this podcast is great because it's real and people get vulnerable. We've had really powerful conversations. It would be ten times better if I just got up and threw shaving cream at Pocholo where like yeah. took my shirt off and was like. Oh. Yeah, smoking. You know, like, yeah. If we turn this into all the Jerry Springer, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, or it's right. like um, 
Remember, um, I got the shaving cream right here. Got the shaving cream. Right <laughs> no, 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 no. Most popular guest. No, but it's like, uh, what was it? Oh, the Sorry to Bother You. Remember that show that he was on? Like, Have I got the Sar- shit kicked out. That's what I was yeah. just going to bring up. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Sorry to Bother You? I want you to watch that. We can Sorry talk about, about it. it. Okay. It's, it's just, it's a the, cultural uh, critique who's the, of. Who's the, who's the director again? He was also a musician. Oh, um, Boots I, Riley. Boots Riley. Check him out, too. That's my boy. But what happens is there's this show. Where these people are just getting humiliated, mm-hmm. shit thrown. So he, the main character is um, Cassius Green. He's a telemarketer. Yeah. Telemarketer. Okay. He's yeah. broke. He's going through the working class struggle that you went through, and like yep. he's finding solidarity with the, his coworkers. Yeah. But then he becomes a power caller, mm-hmm. and so now he's just the shit making all these calls. And uh, what was his name? Uh, Dan. Uh, oh, what is the name of that actor? Yeah. Danny Glover. Oh is yes. Uh-huh. And he's like, you gotta use your. Yeah. He's like, you want to make this money? You gotta use your white oh, guys. Yeah. So oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah, but um, that's the Ku Klux. Uh... Yeah, no, he didn't do Black Klansman. Spike Lee did. Oh, yeah. Boots Riley did. Sorry to bother you. Okay. And it came yeah. out at the same time. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, the yeah. thing is, is Boots Riley. It's like it's such a radical film because it's just a cultural critique capitalism and all that mm-hmm. but he starts using his white voice and he's like hello I'm Cassius and I would, and then he starts to get more and more yeah. money and yeah. he raises up and then he finds out the company he works for is just evil yeah and it's we don't want to spoil the story but yeah oh yeah anyway yeah. for the viewers yeah for the viewers but no anyway there, there, there was a show on there that was really popular where he had to get shit thrown on him to get his point out yes to the masses mm-hmm. and he yeah. covered him in yeah. shit and he's just sitting there and he's like yeah well there's this Company and yeah, <laughs> no, no, and, but it's kind of if, if anything, it's a it's a good allegory for what it has. You have to go through yeah. the shit really to get your message out there. Yeah, it takes. It's a just how it's just how it goes. Yeah, we're switching subjects. I'm best at that, bro. <laughs> so I guess, you, know, I you never know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I know it's covered a long time. Yeah, um, we skipped over. I want to talk about video games, yeah. and I want to talk. I want to start off with a uh, particular moment, and I want to ask you if this was a video game quote or not. The second time you fought Ian McCall, uh-huh. um, you won, yep. and right. it was on Fox, yep. and the camera came around to you, mm-hmm. and you put your arm like this, and you looked at the camera, and you said, your soul is mine, oh. you will never be the same again. Yeah. I said, the it's, soul stone will never be, uh, never the be soul the stone is mine, and you'll never have it again, something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. Right. The soul stone is mine, it was, it was, you will never have it again. What does that mean and what is that from? Well, at the time, this you was, curse Eve McCall. <laughs> at the time, this is when Diablo 3 came out, and Asmodon, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, he, the big, like, villain of the, that. One of the big villains, yeah. which is one of the faces of evil, so six, I think there's six of them. Yeah. Um, se- se- there might be seven, he might be right. Yeah. Uh, or brother, how many brothers is Ariel, Daryl? I don't know. Anyways, anyway, he was a bad guy. It was Diablo one of the bad guys, and in one of the girls' dreams. He's talking about like that soul stone is going to be mine, yeah. and and you know video games was always a big uh, inspiration to me, and it was a game that just came out, and I was looking forward to playing it, and I was like soul stone. <laughs> so there it is. <laughs> this goes way back to our training too. But yeah. remember little Matt, Matt Summersmith, he used to come and train with me. He's a shorter dude. Blonde hair. Cameron was his brother. Cameron now trains with Drew. You remember little Matt? I have to see him. Anyway, he <laughs> we watched that fight, and he's like. He's talking about taking someone's soul. There's children watching. There's children watching. But yeah, DJ used to like get in the ring and he would do all these like physical antics before his fights. And I always ask him afterwards. I remember one time you went like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, I was just Magneto. Yeah. I was oh, like channeling like, like Magneto in the, in the old X-Men arcade game. Yep. Yeah. And he was yeah. playtime. Yeah. yeah. It's over. And Colin talked about this too. When you would spar with Colin, he uh-huh. would like do this 
thing called Holy Shield or something. Oh, holy shield! Yeah. You were just like calling up and Colin came home one day. I was like, bro, how was training? He was like, DJ kept fucking hitting me with the Holy Shield. He was like, he was like, goddamn Holy Shield. What game was that, bro? I mean, that could have been from in Diablo 2, there was a Holy Shield from the Paladin and then also World of Warcraft was a Holy Shield, you throw it and you hit like three people. So, but yeah, I mean, I just love video games and it's just one of the things that I see it in the animation of the video games and that's just something I always love. To, I'll, I'll do it to the day I die. Even with my kids, I'm like, Man. I love it though because it's you and it. I've never seen anyone else in the fight game do anything like this. You also did this one time. I forget the fight. Was that Castlevania thing? Wait, was that? Yeah. You went... And, I thought it was like this. Yeah, and you were driving uh, me up to Kirkland. I was like, DJ, because my dad would watch the fight. Uh, he was like, what is he doing? Oh, and you were like, like, oh yeah, I'm just taking everyone's soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the game, uh, Dark, uh, Dark Souls and Onimusha, when you play the first one, uh, you get the Onimusha gauntlet. I think yeah. it was the Onimusha gauntlet. And you suck everybody's soul up, and then you turn into the Onimusha um, Super Samurai. And then yeah. in Dark Souls, when you kill everybody, you get all the souls, and it powers you up. So that's oh. all I was doing. So is that like a part of your mental preparation on some level too? Because I know highly creative people, they like have this place they they go to or is it... I mean, I, I would say sometimes I go to, I don't want to say I go to a dark place, but I do put myself in that dark competitive mode where it's like, it's time to go out there and let's like, let's compete. Like know? a video, like I'm a, like a, like a video a, game. Like a video game. Like what, now that I'm uh, older, you know, I, I don't think think about it it's like a, it's, it's like much, a job it's, no it's not a job it's kind of hard to say like i feel like back in the day like i was more like <laughs> like you know, <laughs> after the fights but like now i'm more like all right time to go to that dark place and let's let's get the job done then when i get done i'm like when i watch the fights i don't know i'm i'm still the same but i don't uh you don't go yeah i don't go more the video game route anymore yeah mm-hmm. it was amazing though because i'm like I'm, what is he doing and then you just beat people's ass uh-huh. i'm like what the? <laughs> you go, and then it's like, is he really powering up? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, is this real? And then I would just ask him about it too. Um, it's almost like getting like an alter ego kind of thing. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to look at it. Alter yeah. ego, but it's still me. But I'm just like, that's like when I go to that place, it's like, okay, it's time to. Uh, yeah, no, it, yeah, just like you know, it's like Peter Parker is Spider Man, but when but, he's Spider Man, it's a different part of him. Exactly. Like yeah, yeah, and the, the video games, like, do you, can you recall? Like what you talk about Wesker a lot too. I remember you. Yep, Abel Wesker. Yep. Yeah, Wesker you would throw your like Evil. right hand and you'd be like, you know, just like Wesker, and like so, um, and that's from Resident <laughs> Evil. Yep. But what is if it's aside from we don't fight, own the rights for any of these video games. No, okay. from the fight preparation, like what did those characters and then like looking at video games in that way and then putting into fighting, what did that like do for you? Like what? I I, I mean I would say. It didn't really do anything for me. Like I was inspired by each of the characters and what were their motives in their and what was their end game, right? And mm-hmm. when you when you bring up Albert Wesker, I, I loved him because he was from the very first Resident Evil. You never really knew his end game goal, but you see him in Resident Evil One. You don't see him in two. You hear about him a little bit in two. You hear about him a little bit in three. And then I think in Resident Evil Four. You hear about him again because Ada Wong, and then Resident Evil Five, he actually comes back, and he's off. And actually, excuse me, you actually see him in Resident Evil Copernica. Apologize about that, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Capcom. And then he comes back, and he's fast, and he can fight. 
Um, and then he got transferred into Marvel's Capcom uh, Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marvel's Capcom Three. Yeah, and that's when he was like, "You don't stand a chance!" And then you hit him, boom, and hits him. Um, and like he would do those are the same like yes. movements and stuff he would do, and I was just like, "It's." <laughs> and I'm just inspired by it. Like it's like yeah. people get inspiration from many different things. People get inspired by a person who you know gives their time to you know people who need help. I get inspired by people's creations of video game and and Wesker Wesker was one of them. Yeah. And then I just you also talked about I remember when I was fighting I had a certain belief system. You mm-hmm. remember that? Mm-hmm. And we would talk about it back and forth. And I remember you talked about the will. Like your will and you described an analogy from um uh, an X Men movie, I think where um I don't know if it's Magneto or Xavier. I think Magneto's moving something. Oh and yeah, he's yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, control yeah. your mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. You said you were like you had you told me I had this faith, and you're like I believe that inspires you. And, yeah, and it did at the time. Yeah, but then you said my will. Mm-hmm. And how do you define that will? Is it the will to win? Is it like because I I see your will expressed in a couple things: how you compete, how you worked, mm-hmm. but then also your mental toughness. Yeah, you, yeah. you have this like. You don't quit. Like, yeah, yeah. You push your body. You're already athletic. But there's a, I've noticed you get to these points in your fights where it's like you're not yeah. breaking. Well, I, so what's the I, will to you? How do you define that? I think, I mean, it's very hard to define the will and to, you know, give more context about the scenario you're talking about mm-hmm. on X-Men. I think it was X-Men First Class. I think it was. When Xavier was talking to Magneto and he was like, you know, you've always tried to move a satellite dish. And he goes, I just can't do it. And he goes, well, it's because you use your anger for, you know, for the bad reason. You need to use your anger to be able to use synergy to be able to move it. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of opened his mind and showed, you know, him his daughter and I started his mom and all that stuff. But anywho, for me, like, I think I get my, my will from my upbringing and how, you know, the, my childhood, my abusive stepfather... Um, see my mom, what she's gone through. For me, when I get in there and start to compete, I'm like, okay, I ask my body 15 to 25 minutes of absolute complete focus. Just give me focus. If I get beat up, I break something, they'll put me back together. That's always been my, my kind of like my... Uh, mentality? Mentality. Okay. And then like when it comes to the will of the training, the in and out grind, the tiredness and all that, it's, it's my job. I want to provide for my kids. I want to give them something I never had. And I came, you know, I come from, you know, nothing and I remember you know having $35 in my checking account and we just paid bills and we got to go you know to you know the grocery store get some taquitos and make that last and have you know and now come home and play Councilman Lord of Shadows I mean I all those stuff that you know I, I still don't forget that stuff so I'm not gonna let another man break my will and, and I've had my uh my spirit broken when I was in uh high school and then what, yeah. once it was broke, I was like, that's a wrestling wrestling. Yes. I got pinned and, um, he broke me because I'd never been somewhere. He put me in a position I have never been before in my life. And I was like, that's never going to happen again. And even to this day, you know, and I, I, I've uh, experienced things in my life that I've never been before that, you know, I don't want to say I had PTSD, but it makes me, um, it, it opens my mind to like, holy shit, like this, this is, this is in game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, so that, that's where I get my will from. Like, I'm not going to let another man, you know, pick me. If, if a man beats me or whatever in a fight, that's fine. But I'm still, you know, my will's not broken. And right. That's, that's, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to be like, boop, that's my will right there. But it's kind of like where I derive and pull strength in from all that stuff to, 
I guess, have a strong will. Well, I think you, well, you describe it in terms of like past reflection and then feeling the pain of where you had been at physically, mentally. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to be here yeah. again. And yeah. a lot of people, we all struggle with different things, but I think a lot of people don't know how far it goes just to make a decision. Yeah. You know, even in light of mental illness, physical limitations, mm-hmm. economic issues, there's just this small window that gets bigger and bigger each good decision you make. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you would hope so. You would hope. You so would hope so. Easy. Sometimes it's like that momentum of good decisions, essentially. Yeah. 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 And sometimes shit just happens, and yep. it's brutal, and people go out in horrible ways, or just unexpected things happen. Mm-hmm. But while we're here, it's like that will is so important. Just yeah. the will to make a small decision. Yep. Yeah. Like I think about people who get sober, yeah. like and the amount of struggle it takes for them to just go, okay, I got an issue. This is the first thing I'm gonna do. Yep. And my life was horrible. I didn't like financially too. I was broke. I was this. I don't want to be in that exact same spot. Yep. And you just talked about like feeling the pain of someone putting you in a position. Like <laughs> I remember when we competed, mm-hmm. and I was exhausted, and I was like, I thought I tra- like that was the scary thing. I was like, I thought I, I ran all them stairs and I yeah. did all this, and I was like, this dude's not stopping. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't ever want this to happen again. Be yeah. smothered like that. You yeah. Know? And now I I viscerally remember that still. And that's what pushed my cardio too. I had athleticism, but I was yeah. like, no man, like, yeah, I don't want to feel that shit again. No, yes. but it's yeah, it's taking those, you know, maybe negative like moments, but mm-hmm. then being able to build something off of it, like yep. from there. Like mm-hmm. knowing, okay, this is where I was put in a place where I don't want to be, but now I wanna ensure that I don't want to be put back in that same place like from there. and you, what you just yeah. described is pain being the catalyst for that you talked about early childhood trauma yeah. you talked about not having shit and yeah. like that being an engine that, that kind of provided you like to go there being yeah. in pain like yep. has that has that what lessons has that provided you with I mean I think with that it just like my father my, my father in law uh, my, my stepfather he was very abusive and he was mentally uh, not mentally abusive but more physically so for more context, like when we were kids, you know, as kids, uh, my kids do as of right now, you know, tired of being, you know, young. He'll wake up, go downstairs, turn on the TV, jump in the cabinet, and get his food and watch whatever. When I was a kid, you know, my dad would be like, my stepdad would be like, did I tell you to watch TV? We're like, no. He'd be like, get your ass in the corner and don't, don't, don't come out until I tell you to. And keep your arms up too, like that. So me and my brother would sit there, me and him just sit there like that. And it's life, it's childhood, right? It's it's, it's childhood, but that's just how that's how he kind of you know um, raised us. So us sitting there, staring at the wall for hours and all that stuff and all that stuff. It kind of makes you mentally tough. And then also, you know, as I got older with the wrestling, when you go to wrestling practice, it's probably one of the best sports you can do to build that mental capacity to be a tough SOB. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take all that and then you be able to, you know, my mom was like, you know, you can do whatever you want. You just got to work hard for it, right? And then that's the thing. Like, even when, you know, I, I see people when I was working in 1070, like, when I look back to when I was working 9 to 5, it's where I'm at now, like, Obviously, financially, it's two different, you know, spectrums, but I'm still as, I remember how happy I was back in that day when I was working nine to five, and I'm just as happy as I am right now. Like, my happiness hasn't changed, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like, I just have more freedom. I don't have to go to work in nine to five. Even here, I'm happy, but I was still happy with my wife, Destiny, at the time, was my girlfriend. Um, so it's always different. Like when I hear people complain, I'm like, I got no fucking money. I can't do this. And I was like, dude, I had like, yeah. like, I remember when I was broke, I wasn't bitching complaining. I got my ass. It was I, what it was. I, I, it was what it was. I yeah. got up and I paid, you know, I paid the tax and all that stuff. So yeah. I, I just think, but that makes me 
you know, not to feel back in that spot again, it makes me like, okay, I'm at this point in my career. How can I prolong this uh, financial? How can I build financial security? Not just for me, but for my my family after me, my, my right. children, my yeah. my my legacy. I guess you can say. Yeah. Well, yeah, pain can lead to degeneration, and then it can yep. lead to progression too. Yep. Absolutely. Like, yeah, it's it's what you do with yeah. it for sure. And I think that's it's interesting you talking about you know your mentality of you know being content mm-hmm. as well, but also still wanting to push forward and that's still true today yep like from there as far as your career i mean it's a good segue so yeah when are you fighting again Fighting yeah. august 2nd in manila again touch me to wada um this is my last day here in the states mm-hmm. so i leave uh tomorrow sunday morning 2 a.m um wow. so we're getting ready for that it'll be fun bringing james and tony over there so they can experience the whole uh you know singapore or whatnot but we're looking forward to the fight nice nice okay and then let's see, Eddie. Anything you want to say? Yeah. Um. <laughs> yes. Back I feel back. like one day I'm coming here. I'm like, let's talk politics. I'm ready to get in fucking arguments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll be because, here because because I've been on both sides of it, right? I, yeah. And and that's me. Like I've been on, you know. I remember Tony. He came and he goes, you know, I met because Tony uh, Sublime. You guys should get him on here. I, I know. Think, I think yeah, yeah, we're gonna. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's all about vesting and all that stuff, and that's like it's a good. It's a good perspective. A good, good perspective, perspective, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, uh, this is gonna sound horrible. What are, you never told me your name? Endo. Endo. So Endo, uh, mm-hmm. Ender's dad. Um, we have. We should, We've never talked before, but when I saw him play this Nintendo Switch, I was like, okay, we have a passion. Mm-hmm. Right, we we both share the same passion. It's like so connection, right? a connection yeah. right there, right? Mm-hmm. So we can talk about games all day. So with Tony, we share a, a passion with investing. How can you go so much further with your money? Yeah, smart. And and then he said something one day. He goes, "I went to a thing, uh, a speaker." <laughs> For people who don't know, that's a great Tony. Tony's got a good heart. Yeah, good heart. Amazing guy. I love Tony. He goes. He goes. The guy said, you know, when um, my president was black, I pay the most in taxes. And this was a black guy. And he goes, now that my president is white, I pay the less taxes. How does that make sense? And I was like, huh, interesting. But, but, so, but that's a policy. Guys are but that was a point like when yeah. it comes to politics because yeah. and like when when he said that like that guy had been on both sides of the spectrum yeah. right to where yeah. I believe I've been on both sides of the spectrum I like to think I've been on both sides of the spectrum you know I, I have come from you know where you know 35 cents or not 35 bucks in my account to where now I'm, I'm living good to where you know when it comes like when you guys talk politics I'm like ooh I, I want to dip into that but I'm like well maybe I shouldn't because you're like I hate you DJ I'm like hmm so but yeah. No, but that's how you, you come to different conclusions is you have two opposites and there's yeah. a unity there because nope. there's different experiences and then exactly. there's a different yeah. set of facts. Mm-hmm. For but sure. then there's also, you know, the goals of the debate too because, you know, sometimes people just yell. And there's not constructive, yell, there's not constructive there. conversations. Yeah. And, and my first thing is like, okay, I can admit there's some merit to certain conservative ideologies. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not all bunk. I mean, but then also the leftist critique of economics and then there's social relations. Like, I wish more people really sat and listened to that because mm-hmm. it has some validity. Yeah. And I get business owners too. And there's mm-hmm. there's there's fiscally minded and socially minded business owners. Yeah. So yeah. I just like hearing people's perspective. Yeah. I'm not there, here, here, here's one that you might like. There's a guy who <laughs> um, he was in the military 
and he lived in Germany and he speaks German or whatever. And he moved to Washington State because his wife got stationed in Madigan and uh, Fort Lewis, a uh, Air Force Base. Okay. And he's also a teacher. And he went to, he, <laughs> we're outside with probably kids. He goes, can't stand this fucking state. I'm like, why? He goes, you guys are so fucking liberal. Like, you guys are blah, 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 blah. Is he white dude? White guy, yeah, from Germany. And he goes, and he goes, but no, I know where he's coming from. I was like, I understand. Yeah. And he goes, I was in, I was like, so what happened? He goes, well, I was in class. And the teacher goes, we're not going to talk about this. We're not, we're not going to talk about it. He goes, well, why aren't we going to talk about this? Like, this is the problem in this state is that you guys only go by a certain law and you guys don't sit down and talk about it. He's from Texas. So he's 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 conservative. He's Republican. He's like, no, like, you work hard. Like, I'm not going to give you what I worked hard for. Why should I give you what I worked hard for? Mm-hmm. And then his daughter came home. She goes, I think we should do this. He goes, me, I should this. Let's say you have someone in your class right now who's not doing anything. Oh, he's going to do the grade thing. He did the grade thing. And I was like, I totally <laughs> That's not you. how economics works. <laughs> 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 no, it's like he's an L. I know. Exactly. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, or whatever, you know I'm in your class and I'm working really hard and you know, then the fucking lazy asshole live off my tax dollars. It's not them living off your tax dollars, bro. It's not them. It's good. All right. We, 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 we do not have I was like, here it comes. Here comes the school analogy. Get the fuck out of here. No, but I, but I get him. I think, like, just to finish that off, I mean, people are disgruntled and I wish, like, we could, like, really focus our energies towards, like, what's the common... What's the goal? Like, what's not? What's not the scapegoat, in in the the illusion? What's the actual economic grievance? Yeah. Whether you're Republican or, or you're left, and you're just struggling, you're part of a working mass. Yeah, you yeah. have a lot more in common than all that. That's not. We can say that for another podcast. <laughs> he brought it up. I brought it. I brought it. Guessed it. Um, but yeah, we were in this podcast. Yeah. We can we can talk yeah. politics in a constructive yeah. um, respectful way while we yeah, do that of course yes I wanted to talk about just one more thing about yeah. Will and adversity I remember yeah. the uh, first time you fought Ian McCall right mm-hmm. it was a draw yep and I remember you told me and it's just been so long but you had to go back to the drawing board on mm-hmm. that fight and I don't know if Matt had given you new things to work on but you said it was a difficult time yeah from that draw to the rematch yep. um do you remember like what was 100 so at that time uh we're i was training at amc uh pacific sorry yeah and you said it was really like it was a tough time i remember you were going through um not like like you were going through some emotional like transition or uh, or, or some sort of goal you were talking about i don't remember exactly i can't remember no i i think no, that was, I think the time when I went to like a heart transition with my mom got cancer, but that was when I was getting ready to fight yeah. Ki- Ki- Yamamoto. I think with this one was just a, a, a shock because, you know, we're training AMC Pacific, right? right. And, you know, I was still working 9 to 5. Was I? No. No, because you're, uh, you're no, one, no. 125 then. Yeah, so yeah. I wasn't working 9 to 5, but I felt like I was. <laughs> I felt like I was because I was still driving AMC Pacific. Yeah. And, but what was I doing in the morning? Huh, I feel like I was working because I'm not, I was doing, I should have been doing something in the morning. But mm-hmm. anywho, um, so we were working at AMC Pacific. We were, I was teaching uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I was teaching there. And after the draw, you know, before that, I wasn't training on the mat. I was just basically me, Drew, everybody AMC Pacific doing our own thing, right? Yeah. And then eventually, after the draw happened, Matt goes, okay, you're done. I said, like, what do you mean? He goes, you're fucking done. He goes, every professional athlete, when they get ready for competition, they leave their their comfort zone. You, you're doing all this stuff down here, and you're coming up. Uh, that's what I was doing. I was training 
down south in the morning. They're coming up at, at night. Long commute. Long commute. And I was getting, you know, I was absolutely exhausted. And then that, then I also went on my own diet, the caveman diet. And that's why I had no energy. Oh, because you're so light in that fight. So light, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Matt was like, okay, you're done. Whatever you're going to eat, I'm going to know. When you train, I'm do, I'm watch, I'm overseeing everything <laughs> for that one. And then from that point on, that's when my career took a huge turning point. And that was the hardest thing is that now, you know, I have somebody taking control of my condition. Because I've conditioned my whole entire life from cross-country track wrestling. Then for somebody to be like, okay, this is what you're going to do for condition, I'm like, that's not going to work. But obviously, he's proved me wrong. It, it does work. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was probably the biggest uh, change where that struggle where I had to basically give him the reins to run the ship. Yeah, and then that, there was a significant difference yeah. in the next fight. No, yeah. Completely. And that. there forward, it was just, yeah. Yeah, off. I remember after that fight, he goes, I'm bleeding out of my ears, for God's sake, I'm yeah. done. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first fight? No, oh, the, second the second fight. fight. Okay. Ian McCall, he, told yeah. him, he goes, I'm bleeding out of my ears, I got blood everywhere, I'm done. I'm oh, oh Ian McCall said that. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah, say that. Okay. No, no, no. I was like, damn, okay. No, but that, that's interesting. Well, because that just reminded me of there was this interview with Travis Stevens, who is a, let's see, he was a, I want to say a judo uh, silver medalist. He's from US. here. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's from yeah. like Tacoma, he's I'm pretty sure. But anyway, he was talking about how he had a similar situation where he used to run all his own training camps. But then what happened was, is that he felt the, he competed the best was when he essentially gave his reins yep. to some to someone else. He goes like, I, I never realized how much it was, when it was all him, how much pressure or not even necessarily pressure but how much like less control he had yep. because yeah. he had to because he was essentially getting pulled in these different directions like he's his own diet coach he's yep. his own conditioning coach yep. he's his own schedule like essentially like what like what he did he's he gives um like these he delegated these yep. actions to someone and it gave him more to focus on the one thing which was training yeah yep. like from there well i, I yeah. think the other thing too is it just takes a lot of surrender you're like okay i trust matt because yep. matt's I amazing trust of course but then you're just like yeah. relinquishing like your routines mm-hmm. it's like you're, you're just like company, okay you're giving your shares here yeah yeah, yeah, you're, like, yeah. yeah. you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna trust in this individual and then it's this also something the most of it yeah like most of us all of us it's hard to go well i don't know everything I mean, maybe there's something I'm not getting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe, the, and that's just takes humility, but it's hard for, especially athletes, like when combat sports yep. athletes. Yeah. I remember like I used to, I didn't take it personally, but like I remember when I started working with Curtis mm-hmm. and you know how Curtis coaches, like I was throwing my right hand and I'm like, man, this has been my, and he's like, no, no, no. That and thing was it just horrible. was devastating. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh. But I think it's also not being attached to it. Yeah. And then that should, that's a good philosophical point is that yeah. we should always challenge our assumptions. Yeah. That's what we just had a conversation about politics. It's yeah. like, yeah. I have my convictions and things I've read mm-hmm. and hopefully we come to a, a, a unifying consensus even if we disagree yeah. you know what I mean it depends on the disagreement obviously like if it's rooted in so- no 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 seriously <laughs> though, yes. yes not like a point but yeah. actual like existence like if you literally yeah. believe like okay I'm looking at Cody the way Cody looks he shouldn't be alive <laughs> me and you can't I'm just uh, saying no, no. what can we talk what can we talk about after that yeah and yeah. if I'm Cody's boy I'm like you know what I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. no, no, but I understand what you mean. It's yeah. like it's a debate, but it's also open to like new understanding. It's like a renewed and understanding that's, from there. And you, point. Yeah. I, I want to just, and maybe you can talk about it more because I want you to give the message to people, young people who are involved, just getting involved in martial arts, people who want to fight, no. and people who want to learn about just the whole journey. You are are always curious. Mm-hmm. You're a very curious person, intellectually curious. Yep. You're a great listener. Um, you you're open-minded and that's taken you so far if you didn't have that 
and you just had your athleticism, I think you would have just... Who yeah. knows what would have happened in... Um, that message is important to martial artists and people in general. Just stay curious. Yeah. Don't stay shut off. Try things. You may you may try something and you don't like it. But yep. I remember at AMC Pacific, our uh, mantra was like, you just take what you can from the tree. Yep. Because there are so many people coming down and coaching us. So I just want you to talk about open-mindedness yeah. real quick. And maybe that's what we'll go out on. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, for me, I think for young uh, martial artists enjoy the journey the journey you might not never make it to the professional league and you might never make a damn dime or whatever from mm-hmm. your passion of martial arts but at the end of the day you take a step back and be like what got what why are you doing this right like are you doing this just to be in the UFC or to be in one championship or to be yeah. in Bellator like, like, like what are your goals like what are your goals like yeah. is your goals fitness is your goal to have an extracurricular activity so you can stay healthy. So that's the first thing you got to figure it out. And then after that, just be a good, uh, a good student. You know, I still pride myself on being a student to this day, right? Like we all yeah. in the gym at AMC, we all still share knowledge, right? Sometimes I'll listen to the person. I always listen, but I might not take their consideration. Um, you know, one of the things that I find helpful is that you find a coach that can beat you up and that's how it's always been for me like in wrestling mm-hmm. my coach he could beat me up and that's where i knew that he was legit yeah. right like if i could and even now like you know I, I go back and forth like when i when i spar james on the feet that boy just lights me up like i just oh god his footwork so good and then take seven i'm okay one he's longer but he understands his balance he understands yeah. how to do certain things mm-hmm. so for me i'll listen to james i'm yeah. like james you know you know what you're yeah. doing right you break it down to adaptable elements adaptable yeah. element to where like we have you know uh, athletic ability wise yeah we have the same ath- athletic ability mm-hmm. granted you know our structure mm-hmm. he's longer yeah but you know he can do things that other people can't do so i'll listen to him mm-hmm. you know matt i'll listen to him. brad i'll listen to him so mm-hmm. for you beginners out there you know, listen to everybody until you get your your mold of how you want to fight, mm-hmm. and then just enjoy the journey. Don't put a don't put a time gate on when you should go pro or if you should go pro. Because I see people all the time like, man, if I'm not pro in two years, have, have all these set guidelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. guidelines. They look it's kind of set them up for failure. Because if they miss it, then it's like, oh, yep. that a failure? Yep. Yeah, I had a guy grab a gym. He goes, yeah, I want to be pro, and I'm like, you might as well turn your ass out. <laughs> Because you're in here for the wrong reasons, and yeah. I and I, and, I'm, and I think that's I think that's for me. I think that's a, a good thing to be honest with people, and that's mm-hmm. that's like I try to be. I try to be 100 honest with people, and I think the only stupid question is the one you don't ask, yeah. and that's the way that I've got all my knowledge in fighting, in mm-hmm. finances, in life, and that's that's one thing I would pass to people is, is ask questions, be be curious, and don't don't have some humility. And if you don't know the answer, if you don't know something. Don't feel stupid about it. Just go with it. Well, like, I know that. Speaking of maybe stupid, do you remember oh, that boy. guy at AMC Pacific who quit his job to become a pro? Do you remember that dude? And everyone told him not to, but he did anyway. Well, then he had one smoker, and then he just never came I, back. That sounds so. That, that sounds so. <laughs> that that might have been. <laughs> he was walking around the gym. Yeah. That might have like, been for the best. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna be a world champion. I quit my job, and I think and it was he Drew. Got, Drew was like, Yeah, man, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done that. that. <laughs> you know, Drew. Though, Drew's like, mm, but yeah, we'll, see, we'll, we'll see. We'll see you down there. Yeah. But I think. But I think that's a great message, especially coming coming from you. Saying that, I mean, you you did have like a job all throughout. I well, did. You were still a professional. Yeah. yeah. And it's still, but I think it's not. It's not just you having that job, but I think it's your mentality of understanding, yeah. like, oh hey, and 
more mentality like moving forward but also being content with what you have mm -hmm. and like you, while like you said perfectly like you were content when you were still kind of you know struggling you yeah know, from there and now that you are successful or more successful than you were when there you're still happy you're not like oh well now i don't yeah, the, yeah. i remember the other day me and Jessie was sitting down watching tv and she goes i don't like when she was like going through social media and people were like bitching complaining my like, just <laughs> for the record my wife's super hardcore like you know uh republican so she's like she don't give a fuck and she's like i can never she goes i cannot think back in a time when we were fucking dead broke and we were miserable i cannot think about it at the time we were absolutely happy mm -hmm. i feel like we were just happy as we were broke until we are now mm -hmm. and i was like i totally agree and like for me uh when it comes like when i had that working mentality like i didn't want people to take care of me right like mm -hmm. i didn't want nobody to have something over my head like well i help you do this or whatever so you're like, like indebted to them indebted right? to them right so yeah. like that's why i work like i didn't yeah. Want, you want to be self-sufficient. Self, I want to be self-sufficient, and that's yeah. how I was bred. Like, yeah. you go to work, like you work. That's yeah. that's what you do. That's you, how you earn your freedom. That's how you earn your freedom, yeah. right? Like my you, grandfather said, "Man's got to work. A man's, man's got to eat." Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's, it's like, like, the freedom of action because now it's you dictate. You that. dictate what yeah. you're doing, and that's yeah. that's the biggest thing. And and like for me, it's you know even to this day, like when amateurs come in, like. And and they're going through the process or whatever you know. I'm like, yeah. you need to work like that. Yeah. My my philosophy is like, you need to work like, yeah. Whether it's you working at damn laundromat or something, you need to work to be able to have money coming in to be able to take care of your other uh, responsibilities. responsibilities. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And having that freedom of choice and understanding and understanding too, like the journey. Yeah, because the journey doesn't end when you're. You, when you stop fighting, no, you know, it's like mm -hmm. it's still continue. You still gotta, yeah, you still gotta wake up the next day. You gotta push whatever this boulder is yeah. now that, that you're going there. So it always continues. So yeah, I think that's. I mean, that, that's a great, that's a great message there. Mm -hmm. All right, so before we tag off, uh, what? How can people reach you? Like you know, Instagram handle, Twitter. You can YouTube. reach me on. Uh, what you want to say, Doug? How can people watch your fight? Uh, you can watch my fight on the One Championship app. It's a super app. One Championship, or you can watch it on YouTube on uh, One Championship. Um, and you guys can follow me on uh, Twitch, Mighty Gaming, also on Twitter, Mighty Mouse, and Instagram is Mighty Mouse125. Uh, so nice. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Patreon donations. Oh, donations yeah, to Patreon? Yeah, www.com, yeah. Patreon, yeah. Patreon yeah. slash Pancration. Have we got yeah. any? What's up? Have we got any? Yeah, we have a lot. We have a lot, Scott. So. Oh, we do. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we, we, have, we have a lot. We have a lot more. Oh, yeah, thank you. Uh, but no, and also, oh, yeah, you can get your Pancration Philosophy shirts. Yep, at the Spread Shirt Shop. Yeah, Pancration Philosophy. Yeah, but yeah, thanks everyone that thanks, was DJ. watching. Yeah, watching, thanks, listening, DJ. whatever. Thanks, Young Ender. <laughs> this man's single. All right, bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>